This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, so today's today, um, very important subject is forgiveness, which is very hard, and many of us are like, no, Rabbi, I don't have to forgive this evil person who hurt me. Why do I have to forgive anybody? I don't want to forgive anybody. So, I think that the greatest, the greatest. Okay, it's going to be a little bit, uh, a little rough ride because the stuff that I went through in my life also was. It's not so hard to forgive, but what you don't realize is forgive, forgiving is not for the other person. Forgiving is for you, not for the other person. It's for you because if you don't forgive, you're living with that. And you're connected to that person through your hate or your anger or whatever it is. When you forgive, you sort of let that go and that person's out of your life. If you want that person to be out of your life. So, very deep. What, what, what is the main point? You're really not going to like what I'm about to say. But, but it's the truth, so I have to say it. Um, maybe you will like it. Why should I forgive someone who hurt me? So, the, for yourself, but, but he, this person is very bad. They hurt me. They did something wrong to me. Or at least I think they did something wrong to me. So the Beis HaLevi, in um, the Mitzvah of Bitochon, says something. When I first learned it, I, I had to, you're going to have to digest it, but um, it's very, very important. And he says the following. He says, nobody can hurt you unless Hashem signs off on it. Now why would Hashem sign off on something that that could hurt you? Right? He says the following. When someone does something to you that's bad, Yavin understand that everything comes from God. The Adam who the person rak hashavit. He is just the stick. That that's causing this to happen to you. Right? And it says in Cain, if that's the case, if a person wants to get revenge and, and is unforgiving to the person who hurt him. And he's not trying to figure out why this happened from Hashem. It's like a person who got hit. That's crying. And is screaming and angry at the stick. It's like, I'm not forgiving that stick that hit me. But he says, That's... That's very foolish, because it's not—it's not the stick that hurts you; it's the person who's wielding the stick. So, therefore, whatever happens bad to us, there's a reason. We don't always see the reason. Now, what could be the reason of someone abusing me? Like, it's very nice what he's saying over here. Why would Hashem? Then I hate Hashem. I'm angry at Hashem. Hashem, how could you sign off? That 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 I should, what is the base of Levi saying there? How could you sign off that I should be hurt? Now, why is this in Shar Bitochon? Why is this whole thing brought down in the Shar of Belief? This should be in Chuva or maybe Midos. Why is it in Bitochon? And I think this is very important. And really, 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 it's the only way. To really forgive someone who hurt you is to know somehow, somehow, I don't know, I don't understand, but somehow I have bitachon in Hashem that if He let this happen, there's a reason. That's why if you're an atheist, you don't believe in God, so then bad things just happen to me randomly. I could not live with that. I, I, Rabbi, I could not live with that. If that. What happened to me when I was a kid, I could not live that just randomly something happened to me. If there's no reason or rhyme to it, I, I couldn't live with that. <laughs> I could not live with that. So, so it's in Sharbi Tachon because 
if you believe in Hashem and you believe that nothing can happen to you unless Hashem signs off on it, then I don't understand why it happened to me. Well, maybe I could find I could find something to do with it. The perfect example, girls, is Yosef HaTzadik. Because Yosef HaTzadik is the first person in the Torah that went through abuse. Yes, Cain killed Hevel, that was murder. Um, Esav hated Esav hated Yaakov, took away uh, his son um, Eliphaz, took away all of Yaakov's clothing. But Mamash abuse, first one that it happened to, actually, no, there wasn't any abuse. He didn't abuse him, he just was teaching him, teaching him bad stuff. Uh, actually, real abuse happened to Dina um, from Shechem. And that also looks like it doesn't make any sense. We spoke about this, that, that Dina, who was the child of Leah, who davened to have a girl instead of a boy because she felt bad for Rachel having only one, one boy and the Shracha was having two. And in the end, she gets raped. Like, what kind of reward is that? Right? But in the end, we see that from that she got pregnant and from that came Asnas and Yosef Atzadik who would not have been able to be the king in, in, in Mitzrayim had he not been married, and he wouldn't have been able to be married because he wasn't allowed to marry a non-Jew, and the only Jew that was in Mitzrayim was Osnas, because she was the daughter of Dina, who was a Jew. So, yeah, in the end, we get to look at that. It ended up becoming something good. Now, you could say, Hashem, you couldn't work that out without her getting abused. Hashem has his ways. We don't understand his ways. But in the end... Yeah, he became king only because he could get married. He could only get married because Asnas was Dina's daughter. So had, had that not happened, he wouldn't be able to get married, he wouldn't be able to be the king, and then he wouldn't be able to save Christ, he wouldn't be able to save the world. So we get, we get a look at, in that case, of something really bad happening and something good coming of it. So you can't, many times, control the bad stuff that happens to you. So the, the, the prefix feeling... You, you don't have that prefix to it. You can't really, sometimes, most of the time, you can't control what happens to you. But you could control how you process it. State of mind changes state of being. So how you process something that happened to you can change on how, you, are you depressed? Are you anxious? Or are you like, this happened to me, I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. I'm going to make an organization. I went through, you know, the, the, the organizations that people who didn't have children, so they opened up an organization for people to have children. People who had Down syndrome children opened up an organization for Down syndrome people. You know, so, so when people go through pain, they can either get depressed and anxious, or mind, again, state of mind can change the state of being, and, and say, no, I'm, I'm, whatever happened, I wasn't my choice, but I'm going to do something good with it. The, the prime example is the next two people I'm going to talk about. We're not going to get to Moshe Rabbeinu until after the midwinter, but we're going to talk about Yosef HaTzadik, who was such a good person. He was such a good person. In Pashat Ve'yeshev, it begins and it tells us that, that Hunar, he, he was a defender of his, of his brothers from the maidservants. He defended them against the other six. He was a great guy. He was a tzaddik. He was emotional. He was, he was, he was very em- empathetic to his, to his brothers. He was really a good guy. And what did they do to him? They took his clothing off and threw him into a pit with snakes and scorpions. Your brothers. You want trauma? Your brothers. And the brothers you defended, the brothers you helped, they threw you in too. And the snakes didn't kill you. And the scorpions didn't kill you. And at that point, they should have said, ooh, he must be a big tzaddik. Anyone else who would have thrown in there would have been bitten to death. And he wasn't. They stayed away from him. Must be a big tzaddik. No, they didn't say he's a big tzaddik. They said, let's sell him to Mitzrayim. So, you're, first, they try to kill you. And when that doesn't work, they sell you. So at this point, Yosef tzaddik should have been hated his brothers and very unforgiving but he wasn't and one of the most fascinating thoughts was that I can't even imagine when they, when they gave them to be sold to Mitzrayim you don't understand the slave trade in Mitzrayim if you were a 
slave in Mitzrayim, you could not escape. The Mitzrayim had Avodah and all kinds of witchcraft that any slave that would try to escape Mitzrayim, the lions and the dogs would rip them to pieces. So once a slave in Mitzrayim, always a slave in Mitzrayim. Yosef was downright beautiful. The Torah only talks about a man in this expression of Yifas Toyav, Yifas Mare, only by Yosef HaTzadik. He was drop-dead gorgeous. And he knew that the guy who's buying him is not going to buy him to work in the field. He's going to buy him to sell him to make money. And in fact, when the brothers came down to look for their brother, you know where they went? To look for him in the streets of the prostitutes. Because they were sure he's so good looking that that's what they sold him for. So that's where he was going. You're talking about, you're talking about the Gadol Hadar. You're talking about Yaakov's son, his main son that he went with day and night. And he's in this caravan and he's going down to this land of Egyptians who hated the Jews. They wouldn't even eat at the same table. And he's lost forever. What are you thinking, girls? If you were in that caravan on a wagon, your legs in chains and your arms in chains, what are you thinking? What are the normal person thinking? Hashem, what did I do to deserve this? What did I do wrong? Why are you doing this to me? Why am I in chains being sold to Egypt? What did I do? Is it such a bad guy? What did I do? That's what I would be thinking. Says the Mepharshim that he looked up at Shemayim, girls, and he said to Hashem, I know that you're with me, and I know that you didn't forget me. So many people who go through trauma feel the first thing is that Hashem totally forgot me. How could he let this happen to me? Yosef said, I know you didn't forget me. Why? Listen to this. Because he found out that the caravan that was taking him to Mitzrayim normally sold tar. And tar, if you've ever smelled when, they, when they're doing the road with the blacktop, it stinks. And that's what they used to sell. But for some reason, this caravan, who normally sold tar, this trip was selling spices. So on his way to Mitzrayim, to be sold as a slave, he's focusing on the one good thing that's happening, that he's not in tar, and he's sitting, he's going to smell good. He's going to smell from cinnamon. He's going to smell good. Are you kidding me? That's what you're focusing on? You're being kidnapped, girls, and you're in handcuffs and leg irons and they put a tape on your mouth and who knows where they're taking you and they're putting you in the back of a car but the car happens to be a Rolls Royce. So you're like, oh, oh, Hashem, I guess you didn't forget me even though I'm my hands are taped, and who knows what these guys are going to do to me when they get me wherever they're going. But at least you didn't put me in a dirty pickup truck. You put me in a Rolls Royce. I mean, come on. Would that matter? That you were put in a Rolls Royce? And the answer is that he understood. This is my point today. He understood that it wasn't my choice for this trauma to happen to me. Hashem decided to do this to me. There has to be something good in this. I don't know what it is. So, the reason that the Beis HaLevi is talking about it in Bitachon is that after the trauma, if you have Bitachon, then you know... I don't understand why it happened to me. Yosef didn't understand why it happened to him. He definitely didn't understand why it happened to him. But I know that it had a good reason. So now he comes to Mitzrayim. He comes to Mitzrayim and at this point he really doesn't know that he has a good reason. And what happens? He sold to Potiphar. 
You want to hear a crazy Rashi? Most they don't teach this Rashi in school, but definitely not in your school, girl. Listen to this. When Yosef gets married in Pasha's Mikes. He called him Tafsas Menea. He married Asnaz Basbaitifarab. Rashi Memhe. Potifera, that was his name. Who Potifa? Venikra Potifera al shenistras me'elav l'fishachomar as yosef l'mishkav zachar. He wanted to have Yosef for himself because he was gay. He wanted Yosef for mishkav zachar. So this guy bought Yosef to be his boy. You, you, can you understand this? Can we understand that he's standing there and this guy's like, oh, you, that, that pretty boy? I want to buy that pretty boy. Yosef's like, God, what are you doing? Like, I'm trying to find good. This is not good. Now, it's not what he said, though. Listen to what Yosef said. Hashem was with Yosef in the house and he was very much liach. But what happened? The guy bought him for a different reason, right? His master saw Ki Hashem Ito. This is not a regular pretty boy. This guy is very close to God. And whatever he touches, he's very much liach. He left them alone. He left them totally alone. How did he know that, girls, it says in the Pasuk that, that the master saw that Yosef was Matzliach. How did he know that it was Ki Hashem Ito? Maybe he's a lucky guy. People have luck, right? So maybe this guy bought, he's born on the right star, he's got a good horoscope. Why did this guy, who was a lowlife, Say that his God is making him matzliach. So the Mepharshim say, because all Yosef used to say all day, Baruch Hashem, Emitz Hashem, blessed is Hashem. So the, the guy who said, like, who is this Hashem? Potifa said. You keep talking to Hashem. He said, oh, that's my God. And that's why I'm so matzliach. So this great master, low life, realized. That this boy was very close to Hashem. Why didn't Yosef go off the derech at this point? Look what Hashem did to him. Okay, he doesn't go off the derech. Potiphar's wife, who the Chidot says was the most beautiful woman ever created except for Chava, tries to seduce him. He's got all the reasons to go off the derech. I mean, like, my brother sold, killed, tried to kill me, then they sold me. Hashem is not in my life. He let me be bought by this guy. Like, this is a beautiful woman. She's not married. Her husband's gay, so she's not married, according to Jewish law. In the stars, we see that from me and her are coming to Tzaddik and Ephraim and Menashe. He had every reason to, to mess around. Every reason. By your mind, Yosef. He said, you know what? I'm not messing around. Do you know why, girls? Why didn't he mess around? Anyone here know? How come he didn't mess around? What does that mean? His father was by the window. His father wasn't by. He's not stupid. His father wasn't there. He looked at the window. So he said, why? I wish this generation would have this midah. You guys do because you're in seminary. In this seminary, but... So he said to her... No, she said, why not? I'm not married. My husband's not home. He doesn't care anyway, right? Because like, he's not, not into women. So, um, why didn't he? So he says the following. He says to her, he gives a reason. Your husband, your man, whatever he's called, 
he made me the head of the house. Right? Yosef was the head of the house. And he didn't, he didn't say, I, he said I could have everything except Kiyim Oisach. He said, you I can't have. He gave me everything but his wife. Because as far as he's concerned, you're still his wife. How could I do this? In the end of the day, you want to say that I'm not sinning to him, he's gay. Yeah, yeah. But the bottom line is, if, someone, if someone's taking care of me and letting me have everything in his house, where's my Akar Satov? That's always a sin by Hashem. Not having appreciation is always a sin by Hashem. So he said to her, I hear what you're saying, I hear all your stuff. At the end of the day, you're, this man has given me everything. It would be very unappreciative if I would sleep with you. And therefore, that is the biggest sin to Hashem. Yosef, what are you worried about Hashem? Look what Hashem did to you. Look where He put you. You worry about Hashem? And the answer is that at this point, he still didn't know why he was in Mitzrayim. Why did you do this to me? But he had a moon in Hashem that it must be a good reason. I don't understand. I don't understand it, but there must be a good reason. Okay. He runs out. If one of my Talmudim told me this story, then he ran out, I was like, wow, like Hashem must have given you a big reward. You're going to go to Ghana then. You're, like, you're the biggest tzaddik. You could have done an Avera. You were traumatized. You had, the whole ang- you had a right to be angry at God and angry at Yeshiva and angry at everybody. Wow, you ran out, this beautiful woman? Oh, wow. I would think if I wrote this story, girls, if this was my story in my book, I would say, and he ran out and an eagle came and picked him up and flew him back to Yaakov Avinu to live happily ever after. He broke the Yetzirah. He didn't sleep with her. What was his reward? They threw him into jail for 12 years. Hashem, what are you doing? I, I just did the greatest thing in the world and you're punishing me? You're punishing me? You're throwing me into jail from run, running out on a woman that, that was seducing me? That's the Zutar of Zeus Chaira? That's how you're rewarding me? Did he say that, girls? Did he judge Hashem? Did he get angry at Hashem? I would have been angry, like, oh my gosh. I'm like the biggest tzaddik in the world. You throw me in jail for 12 years? Okay, let's take a look at Yosef at Tzaddik. There's a very important point that I'm making here today. Let's take a look at Yosef at Tzaddik in jail. How's he doing in jail? So he's in jail, should be pretty depressed, you know. He didn't have a good life. He's 17 years old and he was sold to Mitzrayim and then he finally finds a place and the, the, the master loves him and he's taking good care of him and he's the master of the house and life is going great and now I'm in jail in a, I don't even imagine what an Egyptian jail dungeon was like. Ugh, worms and, and dirt and no shower and no toilet and ugh, where they threw him. The, the star of Yaakov Avinu is now in a dungeon. At this point, I'd be like, God, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm, I wasn't such a bad boy to deserve this. I was a good boy. I was a good boy. I did what I was supposed to. I ran away from her. Okay, let's see what he's doing. So, this is what the pussy tells us. The guy who ran the jail, the warden, he liked him. And he said, I want you to feed everyone every day, here are the keys, I want you to take care of everyone. Treated him very nice. Again, all Yosef kept saying, he didn't go off the derech girls, it wasn't Michal Shabbos, he didn't become an atheist, he didn't uh, become OTD, he didn't go off the derech, he kept saying in jail, Baruch Hashem, Mirza Hashem, thank you Hashem. How do we know that? The, the warden of the dungeon, that whatever Yosef does, God makes him successful. How would the warden of a dungeon know that? 
Because all Yosef said every day is, I have bitachon, I don't understand. What are you doing to me, Hashem? My brother's selling, then you send me to a gay guy, then his wife comes after me, then you punish me, you throw me into a jail, and he's still walking around, and all he's saying is, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. I don't know if he had a guitar, you know. Thank you, Hashem. What is up with this guy? How do you do this? Okay. He's in the dungeon. He sees two guys that are depressed. Instead of saying, I got my own problems. I went through my own stuff. Do you have a right to say? He looks at these two and says, What's your problem? Why are you depressed? What's going on with you? You guys look miserable. And they're like, We had dreams. We don't know what they mean. He translates the dreams. But girls throughout the whole time, no matter what he goes through, he's always talking about Hashem. Because he understands that the stick, his brother's selling him, Potifa buying him, Potifa's wife, the jail, the stick, that keeps hitting him, is not the problem. It's not what's behind it. It's Hashem holding the stick. We'll get to next time about Moshe, Moshe Abenu getting the same lesson from Hashem that it was, he's just a mate, he's just a stick in Hashem's hand. Okay, now some of you are thinking, Rabbi, great story, Yosef was Yosef, I am not Yosef. You are all have the same power, and I could show you many people. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it at the end. All right, now... he gets a look into finally what's really going on. And they pull him out and Paro, and Paro tells him his dreams and he translates his dream and the whole time he's saying, I can't translate your dream but, um, but Hashem can translate your dreams. Always, without Hashem, I can't, I can't help you. And the whole time, without Hashem's help, Hashem, 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 Hashem. Right? To the point, to the point, now Paro says, After I see that your God gave you all this information to translate my dreams, I've never met someone as smart as you. You think he never met someone as smart as Yosef? I think what Paro was saying here, I know what you went through, I know your story, and you're still connected, you didn't let go of your God? You're not pointing fingers? You're a survivor? You're not a victim, you're a survivor? You don't feel like a victim after all the stuff you went through? You're a smart guy, you're holding on. You're not getting angry. You're not getting depressed, you're not getting anxious. You're holding on that, for some reason, God has a plan here. And he says, you? Someone like that? You didn't give up? Ati al-Basi, you're going to take care of the whole Mitzrayim. And that's what he did. And now, after all this trauma, girls, and you don't always get to see this in life, Yosef said, now I know the whole reason that I went through all that I went through. End of Parshas Vayichi, last week's Parsha. Yaakov Avinu dies, and the brothers are now very scared. They knew that Yosef wouldn't take revenge as long as their father is dead, because because even Esav would not hurt Yaakov as long as Yitzhak was alive. So they were all like, wait till dad dies. When dad dies, Yosef's going to put us and all our families in jail. He's going to take revenge. They were very scared of that. Listen, and this is my point, and then I'm, I'll just explain it to you so that you understand. So... They come to Yosef, they're very scared, and they say the following. All the brothers come, they fall on their face, they say, We are willing to, don't, you don't have to make us slaves, we're willing to be your slaves. And this is the basis, girls, of this base Halevi. Listen to his answer. He could have said, I forgive you. You made a mistake. You're my brothers. I love you. 
he said something much deeper. Again, not before the trauma, after the trauma. And he says the following. Yeah, yeah. You guys, this is very interesting. The guy who hurt you, any girl in this room that was hurt by anybody, yeah, yeah, that guy's bad. You had a bad thought, he tells his brothers. You thought you were going to kill me and then you thought you were going to sell me. Pre the trauma, you decided to hurt me. But someone who has a Muna, he says, but Elohim chashava l'tayva. God doesn't, it's not the stick. You're the stick, brothers. It's not you. I'm not angry at you. Because the one that held the stick, the one that did this to me, was God. And God didn't want to do a bad thing to me. Chashava l'tayva. He had in mind Something very good. What could be good about selling your brother, throwing him naked into a bar, sending him to be sold to a gay guy, then being seduced by a woman, being thrown into a jail for 12 years? What could be good? The brothers are looking at him like, have you flipped? Have you flipped? You're telling us that we had a bad makshava, but it was, it was a good thing? What do you mean it was a good thing? Laman... Because if I wouldn't have come down to Mitzrayim and I wouldn't have translated their dreams, then Mitzrayim would have starved because we wouldn't have put the food away for the seven years. And not only Mitzrayim would have starved, the whole world would have starved. So, did I know? Did I know when you threw me into a pit that it was for my good? Yes! Did I know what the good was? No! Did I know when you put me on a caravan that it was for my good? Yes! I even saw Hashem's hand that He gave me spices instead of tar. Did I know why it was for my good? No. Did I know that being sold to Potiphar was good? Yes, because I couldn't be sold to Potiphar if it's not what Hashem wanted. Did I know why that could be good? That's horrendous! No. Did I know that when I was seduced by his wife that it was something that was good? The answer is yes. Did I know why that could be good? Such a terrible thing? No. Did I know when you threw me into a dungeon that it was good? Yes. Hashem Matzliach. Yes. I always knew that when Hashem does something for me it's good. Did I know why it's good to be in a dungeon for 12 years? No. Now, brothers, yeah, you had a bad thing in mind. And that's between you and God. That's not my problem. But in the end, I finally found out that all the stuff that I went through in my life till now was for the good, because you know what? I just saved the world. It's very hard to digest what I'm saying. But I'm not making up a story. I am reading it to you from inside. <laughs> and what does he say? I'm not going to make you servants. Don't worry. I'm going to feed you and take care of you and your kids. He comforted them. Girls, they killed him. They should have been comforting him. They sold him. They tried to kill him. Why are you comforting them? Because he understood that for some reason, now he knew the reason, that it was for his good. So he comforted them. And he spoke to their heart. That is what the Beis HaLevi is saying over here. Now, I am not going to judge anyone, including myself, or anyone that's listening to this share, who says, can't do it, man. Can't do it. How could I forgive the person that hurt me? So that's for psychological reasons. By the way, I want to tell you something. He never forgave them. The, he never said, I'm, he never said, they never said, I'm sorry, are you me? And he said, 
Rabbeinu Bachya writes that because he never said the words, I forgive you, every single generation, we lose 10 tzaddik in the 10 arugay malchus that we say, they got raped and burnt and killed in terrible ways, happens because he never was Michael. He never said, I'm Michael. He said, it's okay, it's meant to be, it's from Hashem, but he never said, I forgave you. He never said those words. So if, if you hurt someone, and they're like, oh, you know, when I, I ask my mother, Mechila always, you know, but like, Ma, if I said anything that was disrespectful, or I did something disrespectful, please forgive me. She goes, Zachai, I love you, you're my son, I don't have to forgive you. you. I'm like, no, Ma, you need to say, I'm Michael, you. That's not good enough. Oh, don't worry about it, I, I forgot about it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's what he said, but he didn't say it was Michael, you. Because he didn't say it was Michael, you, every generation we, lo- we lose ten Sadiqim. Ten Haruge Malchus. So it's not so simple. And I'm not judging anyone that can't do this, but I will tell you that it's very healthy to be able to do it. And I cannot tell you that you'll always understand and see. In this case, in the end, Yosef saw why he went through everything to save the world. But I will tell all of you this, and I'm telling everyone who's watching this year, that if Yosef would have never found out why it happened, it didn't matter. He always said, sold Hashem to Mitzrayim. Sold to that guy, Hashem. Her, seducing him, Hashem. In the, in the, in the, in the dungeon, Hashem. He, he, before he knew why, he had a Muna that anything that happens to me has to be written in Shemaya. It could be a Tikkun, it could be a Gilgul, it could be a Kapara, it could be... It makes you who you are. It makes you who you are. If, if I didn't go through the pain that I did in school in third grade, I would not be sensitive to other kids' feelings. So the seminary, high school, the, the ranch, and everything that I do, 2 o'clock at night, last night, had a girl in my house, I had a girl in my house, she, she was committing suicide, she, she came to bring me all her money and her jewelry and everything, and I'm out of here, and, and give it to Arnava and everything, whatever it was, it was very scary, and a, and a suicide note, and the whole works, and it's two o'clock in the middle of the night, and, and I'm like, no, you're, and, 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 and I, I was up very late last night, well, what, what, why is it my problem, she's not, I don't know her, she's not my relative, she's not my student, she's just a girl that I just decided to call me and decide to give me her suicide, whatever. And the answer is because of what happened in third grade. So, so did, did I, was I happy what happened in third grade? No. Did I understand why it happened? No. Do I understand now why it happened? Yes. Was I Yosef Atzadik and said, it's from Hashem, it's okay. No. Sure not. No. But... At 20 years old, I decided to become a Rebbe, which was not in any of my plans. I didn't even know how to learn a word. I was a hockey player and a drummer and loved rock and roll and the Beatles. I, <laughs> no Rebbe stuff there, no ingredients, zero ingredients. But I was like, I, I can't let other kids go through what I went through. But how are you going to do that, Wallstein? So, my original plan, I never said this, but my original plan, I had a very close friend, and we planned together that, and if he hears this year, he'd be laughing, because I wasn't the learner, he was the learner. So I was going to be the businessman. So we made up that we're going to open a yeshiva, we're going to open a yeshiva, and the yeshiva's going to, like, the, all the kids in our yeshiva, we're going to make sure that nobody hurts them, and he's going to be the Rosh Yeshiva, because he knew how to learn, and I'm going to be the businessman who's going to support the yeshiva. Perfect partnership. I don't have, that way I don't have to learn, right? And I wasn't that kind of guy. And he's going to be the Rosh Yeshiva. It didn't turn out the way. He's the businessman, and I'm running the Yeshiva. It turned out the flip side, totally. But the bottom line is that, no, I would not, I would not be here. This, would not, this place would not be here. Nothing would be here. I would, I, I would be a businessman. I would, no, have, no, I would have no feelings. For, for, I would have feelings for my family and my children, and, 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 yeah, of course I would. They're my kids. But girls that I don't know, why do I have to waste my money and my time on them? And the answer is because I know what it feels like. So, is it worth it? Is it worth going through the trauma in third grade? It wasn't my choice. 
So I can't change what happened. I can only change my, my state of mind. How am I looking at it? Was I Yosef? Did I say like, well, better this than that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, it took me till I was 20 years old. I was 9 years old when I was in third grade. And, and, and at 20 years old, I only decided that I want to help, help kids, protect kids. So I'm going to be a Rebbe, so at least the kids in my class, no one's going to mess with. 25 kids out of 25,000. Well, what's the difference? You know, the one starfish, that's my story. I heard this when I was younger, and it just... The old man in the sea, the old man standing by the sea, and there's thousands of starfish, and they're all dying because there was a low tide, and they're on the sand, they're out of the water, and they're all dying. And the old man picks up this one starfish. I'm sure you can look it up. It's, it's a famous... He picks up this one starfish and he's about to throw it into the ocean and this young kid comes over to him and says, Old fool! You can't save them all! There are thousands! And he said, I'm not an old fool to this one. And he throws it in the water. I saved his life. I can't save the whole world. I saved his life. I'm not an old fool... He said, I'm not an old fool to the starfish I saved. I'm the savior. So, what the Beis Levi is saying is that the, the state of mind, will the person who, who hurt the other person go to Gehenna and pay for it? Absolutely. But Rabbi, if Hashem is using them, so why is he punishing them? Great question, right? If, if they're the stick... And Hashem is using them to hurt you, so why is He punishing them? And the answer is, Hashem only uses a Russia. Hashem is not going to ask Rav Chaim Kainesky to hurt one of you, because he's a tzaddik. So Hashem goes into the room of bad people who are doing bad things, and they're doing bad things, so those are the ones that will do a bad thing. And what's going to happen to them is not my problem. I trust the same God that it's for a good reason, that the person who hurt me is going to pay for it. But if I'm going to hold on to it, then my hatred is connecting me to that person. And if I get depressed and have anxiety and can't go on with my life, he won! He's still abusing me! Every day I get up depressed, he's still abusing me! He won! That's what he did to me, and and that's where I am! He won! No. And I, t- and I tell this that when you got to get, it sounds weird, but you got to get angry. No, you lost. You lost. I'm going to be a shining star. You try, to, you try to take my soul. You try to take my emotions. You try to take my life away. You know what? You made me bigger than I ever was. That's a great feeling. There's no feeling like it. There's no feeling like it. So, yes, we have to protect our children and we have to do whatever we can. But most of the stuff that happens in life was not our choice. The only choice that we have is what do we do with it? Step in or step out. Use it to help others or let it destroy us. And it's hard. And you need therapy sometimes. And you need mentors. And you need strength. But you also need God. You need God. You need to believe that there's a higher being, even in the 12, 12 steps, there's a, a higher being, there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that even though we don't understand why stuff happens to us, as long as I know that He's behind everything, I will try to figure out, and maybe I'll be lucky enough to see why it's to my good. Maybe because of that I'll become a therapist. Maybe I'll open up a, a clinic to help kids. Maybe I'll be more protective of my children and I'll see signs and maybe I'll become a teacher or may, maybe I'll help my, my daughter's 10th grade friend who's going through the same thing because I went through it. And I'm not just talking about abuse. I'm talking about everything. Not doing well in school. I never did personal. I didn't do well in school. I know what it feels like not to do well in school. I know what it feels like not to have social, not to have friends for growth, how hard that is. So I'm going to push my daughter to invite this kid in her class that no one invites. Why are you pushing me, Ma? Nobody likes her. Why are you pushing me, Ma? You know why I'm pushing you? Because I was that girl. And I know what that feels like. So I know that girl that's sitting in your class that no one's inviting. Miriam, I want you to invite her to the party. But Ma, she's so stupid. She's, she's going to ruin the whole party. That's what they said about me. You have to invite her. So it's not only about trauma. It's about anything that happens to you in your life. 
My parents were dysfunctional. So because of that, I am going to be functional. And I am going to treat my children different. My, 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 my parents had a terrible marriage. Why, Hashem, did you put me in a terrible marriage? Why couldn't I be their daughter? Like, how do you choose that, Hashem? How do you choose that? My parents got divorced. Why couldn't I be in a family that didn't get divorced? How do you choose that? Yeah, be talking. I don't know how you choose it, Hashem. But I guess if you chose it, I'm supposed to do something with it. That's who Yosef was from the day he was thrown in the pit till the day he died. And that's why he said to his brothers, he didn't say, you're a bunch of good guys. It's okay. He said, Atem chashavtem No, 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 no. You're not a bunch of good guys. You wanted to hurt me. You wanted to hurt me. He said that. He didn't say you were only thinking of good. You guys wanted to kill me. You guys wanted to sell me. You guys wanted to hurt me. But you know what? Hashem had other plans. And I grabbed on to those plans. And that's why the base Halevi, in the Sharon Bitochon, when he's talking about Bitochon, brings down this whole story. And we're going to go through the same thing when you come back with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu could not talk. Do you know that? He could not talk. And he says to Hashem the whole time, I'm a kvad peh. He burnt his tongue and his lips. I don't want to make fun of Moshe Rabbeinu, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk the way he talked. But he had a lisp, and he couldn't talk. He's, he, he couldn't talk. He said to Hashem, what are you doing to me? You want me to go in front of Mitzrayim with a lisp? And, and Rabbi Wallstein had a lisp. And I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu. And it was very embarrassing, because he sounded like a little girl. And when a boy talks with a lisp, oh, it's so cute, lisp. Everyone looks at you like you're a little girl. No matter if you're 14 years old and you talk with a lisp, like, whoa, that's so cute. Like, you know, you got to work on that. I had a lisp. And today I'm a, I'm a speaker in public. But I had a lisp. I, I know what that, what, what, a, what a speech, and I didn't burn my tongue. I didn't stutter. He stuttered. Moshe Rabbeinu was a kvad peh. He stuttered and he had a lisp. Could you imagine Hashem's telling him, we're going to learn about when he get up in public and talk to the Jews and, 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 and talk to Paro? And Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, I, here's the deal. It's in the apostle. Here's the deal. You want me to do that? You're God. Fix my lisp. You know, touch my mouth or do whatever you do. And no lisp, no stuttering. I will go. Hashem said, no can do. No will do. Hashem said, what do you mean? You're God. You're telling me you're going to take... Co- you're not even a speech therapist? You can't fix my stutter and my lisp? Hashem said, no, I need you to stutter and lisp. So Hashem said, Why? He said, because like, if you're a really good orator like, like Aaron, if you're a really good speaker like Charlie Harari, right, good speaker, then the Mitzrayim are going to say, God didn't take the Jews out. They had this speaker, and he spoke really well, and he took me into letting them out. He said, I don't want to give Paro that excuse. So he won't be able to say that. You know why? Because you're not going to be able to speak well. So Moshe Rabbeinu, in the end, he went with a lisp and a stutter, and there's a machlok if Hashem ever fixed it. Some of the rabbis say that when Moshe Rabbeinu said the eight of the ten commandments, Hashem fixed it. And Hashem said to him, and we'll learn this in meditation when you come back, Hashem said, who gave you the disability? Who gave you the disability? I gave you the disability. I burnt your tongue. I made that whole thing. with. I gave you the disability. If you realize that it didn't just happen, but I gave it to you, I will give you the ability to overcome it. And he became the greatest leader in Klai Yisrael. Yosef HaTzadik saved the world. Look what he went through. Moshe Rabbeinu became the greatest leader in Klai Yisrael. Dabra Melech, they thought he was a mamzer. They thought he was a mamzer. He was a redhead. All his, all his brothers were dark. When Shmuel came to make the king, his father said, no, it can't be him. He's a mamzer. He's in Beis Lechem. Dabra Melech's wife tried to kill him. His father-in-law tried to kill him. His son Afshalom tried to kill him. Everybody tried to kill Dabra Melech. Went through Gehenna. David Amalek went through Gehenna. And what did he do with it, girls? Depressed, anxiety, gave up. He wrote to Hillam that you say all the time when you're in trouble. What do you mean you wrote to Hillam? Look at your life. 
Your own child, Avshalom, will try to kill you. Your father-in-law will try to kill you, not your mother-in-law. Father-in-law will try to kill you. Everybody try to kill you. You wrote Tehillim? You wrote Halal? You wrote the praises of Hashem? The answer is, yeah, he had the same thing that Yosef had. He didn't understand why he was called a mamzer. He didn't understand why everyone in the world was trying to kill him. But he said, I'm close to Hashem and Hashem has a reason. And who is the king forever? David Melech Yisrael, Chai V'Kayim. Who is the Rabbeinu of Kwa Yisrael? The one that couldn't talk. Moshe. Who is the Tzaddik of Kwa Yisrael? Yosef HaTzaddik. The three of them, that when it happened to them, had no idea why. Why as a little baby did you take my, my power of speech away? Why as a little boy, 17 years old, you sent me into the worst decrepit place in the world? Why born, from when he was born, they said he was a mamzer? Not, none of the three of them knew why. None of them. But they had a relationship with God. Hatachas Elokimani, said Yosef. And my God, I don't know why God does things. But I know He's there. And as long as I know He's there, there's got to be a reason. Do we always get to see the reason? For sure not. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to see the reason. He asked Hashem, why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? That was his big question to Hashem. And Hashem said, I'm not answering that. For me to answer that, I have to show you from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. But you will see sometimes why. Sometimes you get to see why. But sometimes you don't get to see why. That's the lesson for today. That's the lesson sending you into the break. It's hard. I'm not telling you it's easy. The Beis HaLevi, it's in his, shar, in his mitzvahs of bitachon. But if you, if you hang on to Hashem, you're just going to do a lot better in your life. It's, 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 it's hard. And I, I, I can't tell you that I was at that point when I was very young. I didn't know. I didn't know. And would I be there today if I, if I didn't know? I don't know. I don't know. Because many times we just don't know. But if you hold on to Hashem, even if you don't know, you could be sold down to Mitzrayim and saying, like I said, that, that's I think a great marshal. They kidnapped a girl. She's in, she's in handcuffs. She's in leg cuffs. They're kidnapping this girl from a beautiful family in Bottle Park. They threw her into a car. She never saw these guys. They're wearing masks, right? And she's in this car, and all of a sudden she looks up to Shemayim and says, okay, it's a Rolls Royce. <laughs> That's a crazy story. Hashem is here. He didn't put me in a pickup truck. It's a Rolls Royce. I got the whole back seat. I'm like, you look at are you nuts? What, are you crazy? It's a Rolls Royce? Yeah, I know that Hashem still cares about me. There's a reason. I don't know why. You should all be about Sliach and you should be safe and healthy on this winter break. Thank you, Atzlach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.